This OFI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. And friends and everyone at OPI shows want you to make sure to wash your hands. And if you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, please do that now. That's something you should have been doing anyway. Cover your mouth when you cough. Come on, people. And with that, we have a special message from actress, comedian, and fan favorite Milana Vintrube. I just want to wish the people of Chicago a safe, warm, peaceful stay at home. Please stay healthy. Please help other people stay healthy by staying home. Stay safe, Chicago. Thanks, Milana. Thank you. Guys, seriously, you can save the world by sitting on your ass at home. You cannot afford to miss this opportunity. You won't get another one. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Stay home. You will be saving the world. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and Opie show. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and this is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Yet another fun-filled and educational episode. Uh, Lou is sometimes amazed at the factual tidbits that I dig out of the uh, vast automotive universe, and that's what we like to do here on the Car Guys Report. You never quite know what we're going to be talking about, but I did want to uh, say, Lou, that uh, we're just uh, chatting off mic here about uh, the winter weather, and you know, by the time this program uh, ends, hopefully uh, spring will be right around the corner. I did uh, get a chance to uh, take uh, some of my cars out for a little bit of uh, exercise in the off season, as it were, and um, didn't really see too many other people uh, out on the road. It was a nice day. The temperature was up about 50 degrees. Uh, there was no snow or salt or anything on the uh, on the uh, pavement, so I was able to get the uh, Corvette and the Saab and the uh, Aston Martin uh, driven and always nice to reacquaint myself myself I guess with those vehicles and you know it, it amazes me that we uh, live in a time hello darling yes we live in a time where you can have a car that'll sit for you know two or three months at a at a turn we've talked about this before on the program and you know we keep everything on a on a battery tender but other than that the car is just sitting you know inside of course but you know no other real special care or anything and you know you get in at at the two-month mark or three-month mark and you disconnect the battery tender you crank that ignition off and boom two seconds later you're up and running it's just amazing it's just it, it just never ceases to amaze me although the 58 impala i haven't driven that for a while but that thing doesn't start up too badly either you know considering it's a 60 plus year old vehicle with a carburetor on it but the fuel injection you know i'm, I'm mainly talking like corvette fires right up and the 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 aston martin fires right up and it just makes it a pleasure to you know store these cars and be able to know that you can rely on them when it comes time to decide to drive them for some exercise also wanted to uh, say something too, lou we've been seeing pictures of the new cadillac escalade uh, as it uh, is being introduced and way back in the fall on the car guys report i had uh, mentioned that i had seen in downtown chicago my first ever official camouflaged uh, manufacturer's vehicle. Uh, usually you see them more around the Detroit area, obviously in Michigan, and they can be either in like zebra camo or they can have these just kind of like shapeless black tarps put over them, and that's what this car had. And at the time I was using it, you know, it had the size and shape of something like the new Suburban or something. And now I'm firmly convinced that the car that I saw, even though I have no 100%, uh, you know, uh, ability to say that this is the truth or not because I wasn't able to follow this vehicle because it was going the other direction. But I have a feeling that what I had saw was the new Cadillac Escalade because the pictures that I'm seeing online with this huge square front end way up there, and that's exactly what this camouflage vehicle that I saw looked like. So I think it was the new Caddy Escalade that I saw in disguise, and that was way back in October. So it's uh, starting to come out, and they're doing some kind of goofy things too. As a real quick aside here, 
they are putting the number 600 on the back of the uh, hatch. And people are like, what the heck does the 600 signify? Is it the model series? Is it the horsepower? What is it? And for some crazy reason, they're touting the torque of the V8 that's in there, but they're not putting it in pound feet. They're putting it in the Newton meters, which is the European specification or the metric specification. So nobody knows what 600 Newton meters of torque, unless you go online and do a conversion, it's much lower in pound feet. The Newton meter is always a higher number numerically. And they're even rounding it up or down or something. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Because if you walked up to even people at a car show and you ask them, what is Newton meters, you know, what is the measurement that Newton meters stands for? And they would know that it relates to torque. They would go like, Newton what? Fig Newton? Newton what? Yeah. They would so, take their children and walk away from yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Just, uh, honey, just stay away from that man. <laughs> yeah. The Newton meters guy over there. <laughs> Stay, but, stay away from it. Let's go and get some popcorn. But that's the but, kind of stuff that frustrates me that, that General Motors does sometimes. It's like, why? What, what is your line of thinking there? Well, Newton came over, and he wanted to get his name on the car, and this is the only way to do it because nobody's going to write their Newton on the back of a Cadillac. So they said, 600, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's give him Do you think the actual uh, Escalade buyer really cares how much torque the car has? I mean— it's a fast I, vehicle for its size, and that's all they care about. They yeah. just want to know when they, when they hit the gas pedal that the thing takes off. We'll pause on the Newton meter for a moment, but the other thing with the Escalade that's interesting is its dashboard. And that has a very similar to some of the, the, the large digital things that we've been talking about. Yeah. Have you heard about this? I've, no? I've, yeah, I have. It's like I don't remember 30, all the particulars. I think it's 36 inches yeah. across, yeah. and it's a flat screen. Yeah. Uh, a thin. Well, it's an OLED, OLED, and supposedly they're saying that that type of display has a darker black to it, which I guess is something for clarity well, or yeah, whatever. It'll make the the letters clearer, yeah. so you, I guess you could see it in case the sun's hitting it from the top or something. But the the point I want to make is is uh, now you have your handheld phone. Uh, that goes entirely 36 inches across. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's all it is, is just one big screen. Yeah. Um, there is a additional screen, from what I've seen. In other words, like a, one set of gauges up front, mm-hmm. yeah. and then LED kind of On the sides. placed yeah. alongside of and it. And in the center. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Um, this goes back to something you shared in the last episode, which is, you know, so now there's no more touch buttons because it's all just one big screen. And if, you know, the battery goes out, then uh, you've you got do? an oversized paperweight yeah. there that needs a tow truck. So <laughs> It'll be interesting. And, and also, too, the, for the first time in its uh, history, the Escalade will be not only be offered with the 6.2 liter V8, but they're also going to offer an inline diesel, turbo diesel 6 for that vehicle, which seems like an odd choice again, because uh, to me, if, if you say uh, you're offering a turbo diesel six cylinder in a truck, I think pickup truck. I don't think luxury SUV. And that, that can't be quiet. Hey, no, the, the new diesels, I don't know about the, the domestic diesels, but I know like the Mercedes diesels that I've been next to, like the SUVs that they make. And every now and then you'll see a diesel one and you don't hear it. Really? Yeah, they're unbelievably quiet. The modern diesels are amazing. Hmm. So I hope it's quiet, but I, I just don't understand why somebody who's going to be paying northward or upwards of $100,000 for an Escalade would care about getting, you know, three more miles a gallon with a diesel engine versus... Well, you're, con- you're a conservative person <laughs> in an Escalade. Why would- I'd rather have the big honking <laughs> V8. <laughs> That's just crazy, but... Of course, the, the $100,000 Cadillac Escalade, you want to save three miles to the game. So a few head-scratching moments there, but I'll be interested when those cars start getting tested... Uh, the same person who gets the 600 newton meters well, on the back gets the, the six-cylinder I'll diesel. be curious to see how they're, they're, when they start getting tested by the car magazines, you know, how the, how the diesel is going to perform, if it is worth increased mileage, and see what they say about that whole 600 thing, too. Be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report, whether you like the 600 thing or not. We're available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, email us at any time. Our email box is always open and waiting to hear your accept and uh, receive your comments, your criticisms, your, I like the 600. No, I don't like the 600 thing. Whatever you want to tell us, please do. Car Guys Report at hotmail.com is our email address. 
Lou, I think one of the biggest uh, automotive success stories in the last 30 to 40 years in the automotive world has been the Hyundai Corporation. Uh, Of course, when they debuted here in North America in the mid-'80s, they were basically pretty crappy cars, and they had a, you know, they did not get a good start out of the gate, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And now, in 2020, their lineup, their reliability, their uh, standing in the industry, their rank in the industry, it's just phenomenal what, what Hyundai has done as a, as a corporation building cars. And this was an um, article that came out online from Road & Track uh, some time back about the first Hyundai that was available in North America, not just the States. This one was in Canada. It was called the Hyundai Pony. It was the first car ever exported to North America by a Korean automaker. So that's history in its own right. It was never sold in the United States. It was sold uh, only in Canada. But apparently, it was back in May of 1985, it says Road and Track decided to find out if there were any Canada-only cars worth having. And they... Uh, somehow zeroed in on this Hyundai Pony. They said the Pony was insanely popular in Canada in the mid-80s. It was priced at $5,900. And between 1984 and 1985, 45,000 people shelled out for a Hyundai Pony, which is pretty amazing. It's a very unremarkable-looking car. It's a five-door, basically, Asian box. It kind of looks like a Toyota Tercel or something from the era. And the it's funny because the... Uh, the uh, specs are laughable. It was a rear-wheel drive, solid rear axle with leaf springs. Came with a 1.4-liter carbureted engine that was good for 70 horsepower. So you know it's not going to be any kind of uh, of rocket down the track. They did improve it a little bit later by putting a 1.6-liter engine, cranking out a whole additional four horsepower. Zero to sixty, Lou. You want to take a guess? Hyundai Pony. Seventeen what? seconds. Pretty close. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. In the same amount of time, you could... Much faster than I thought, Mark. <laughs> this, is, this is funny. It says, zero to 60, and this is Roden Track's um, verbiage here. Zero to 60 takes about 15 seconds. In that same amount of time, you could, could, you could hit 60 miles an hour in the Hyundai Veloster N, break to a full stop, and then whip out your smartphone and text the pony driver a series of poop emojis. <laughs> and um, it says, but it's a real car. They said it really wasn't, you know... Uh, from the underwhelming horsepower acceleration standpoint, they said it's fairly comfortable. It was easy to see out of like of all like all 1980s era vehicles. You know, nice high uh, greenhouse, lots of uh, big flat glass handling that's not dangerous. Brakes that were actually quite good. Uh, none of that sense. And they said. Nothing that was overly embarrassing about driving a pony, and none of that sense that the gear shift's about to come off in your hand as you might get in a British Leyland product. <laughs> it's just pretty funny. I love when they, they have to go back and bash the, uh, the poor British quality from the, uh, from the 1970s when they're writing an article, even here, on a, about a, uh, uh, a Hyundai pony in 1985. The first pony, which immediately became the best-selling car in South Korea, isn't any more impressive than the facelifted version that was exported. So it was a big hit in the home country. It was a big hit in Canada. And they basically said that, that uh, there's probably some still around, but it's, it's hard to, you know, 30 years on, there can't be that many. There was never exported to the, uh, the States, just in Canada. So I would think that if you're going to find a Hyundai Pony, you'd probably either find it on Hemmings or maybe on Bring a Trailer. But just as an oddity and... Um, have just, you ever seen one? No, never. Uh, the only ones that I I remember the Hyundai was at the the original version of the XL. Was that called the XL? Because I remember Hyundai I thought was rebadging some Mitsubishi products when they first came here. I thought that was what the very first XL was, and this was like an '87 or something. But um, it, it just proves goes to show you that you know they really tried hard and they've succeeded because I think Hyundai never wants to sit there and and say okay this is good enough they're always i mean any car maker is going to do that but hyundai i think it was really tried Uh, my only direct experience with a hyundai was uh my father had a uh, 2005 hyundai tucson which is the one that he had compared to the tucson now is just like worlds away i mean that the new ones are way different than the one that he had but it was a good car it was cheap it was reliable it was well equipped it it ran great um and 
you know, it was just a, a decent car. I've got a neighbor uh, across the street from where I live who's purchased three new Hyundais in the last three years or so. They started out with a, a Sonata, then went to a Hyundai, I think a Santa Fe, and then they just bought a brand-new Hyundai Elantra for their uh, college-age kids. So um, it seems like they definitely—and then there's a, another person across the street, a, a young woman who's got a uh, uh, Veloster which she bought, I believe, probably brand new. And she's still she's had that car for a couple of years. So you see them everywhere. Um, the Hyundais that excite me the most are the Genesis Hyundais, uh, you know, as, as Lexus is to Toyota and Infiniti is to Nissan, Genesis is to Hyundai. And they've got some really exciting stuff coming out, including the new SUV that they're going to debut. And that car looks amazing. Um, so we'll definitely be talking, I'm sure, about that at some uh, later point here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Another thing that uh, came out recently, Lou, from Consumer Reports, and they run this, it seems like every four to six months they post this online in their um, on their website. And it's just kind of uh, interesting to uh, keep your your automotive uh, makers straight in your mind. It's their their annual or their semi-annual, who owns which car brands. And it's always interesting to, because to, sometimes we even forget, you know, we're, we're so in-depth and embroiled in everything automotive here, but sometimes we kind of forget like, well, wait, who owns what again? So I'll just start the list. Uh, this is all alphabetical. And I added a couple things here. Now, one caveat here, these are brands that are sold in the U.S., or brands offered for sale here because there might be one or two brands that we're not listing like Seat or Citroen or things like that. But I did make some notes on, on some of those as well. So I'll just start BMW Group. They own BMW, Mini, and Volkswagen. BMW? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You. BMW owns... Uh, uh, BMW, Mini, and what's the third one? They uh, own? Well, it's a Cooper, still the Mini. So. Yeah. They own Rolls-Royce. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because they were the one that got into that bidding war with VW, and they kind of had to get it all all sorted out like 20 years ago. Let's play this as a game. Let's play this as a game. Daimler Daimler AG owns? Um, Chrysler. No, not anymore. Daimler AG. Fiat? No, Fiat owns Chrysler. (laughs) Yes, there you Um, go. Daimler. I give. Mercedes-Benz. Okay. And Smart. Oh, I never would have guessed smart. Yeah. Right. Now, Fiat Chrysler automobiles. This is a long, long list. So that's Dodge, Plymouth, Chrysler. Plymouth is no longer. Fiat. Dodge, Ram. Dodge, Ram, Jeep. Chrysler. Jeep. Jeep. Fiat. Alfa Romeo. Oh, yeah. Peugeot. Because once they're going to oh, remember, they're merging with. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, sure. Yeah. So as long as, as, long as FCA... Um, finishes their or, or completes their merger with the group PSA, they will also own Citroen, DS Automobiles, which we don't see here, Peugeot, Opel, which was bought from GM, and Vauxhall, which was also a GM product. Hmm. So that FCA owns everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, let's see how Ford Motor Company, that's pretty straightforward. Lincoln and Ford. Yes. General Motors, uh, Buick. Um, Oldsmobile, Chevrolet, Cadillac. They used to own Oldsmobile. That's o- no Oldsmobile's longer. no longer yeah. anymore. Oldsmobile, right. Saturn, um, those are gone. Hummer's gone. But it's, yeah, Buick, Caddy, Pontiac's Chevy, gone. and GMC. GMC, got it. Honda Motor Company owns. That's pretty easy. Acura yeah. and, and Honda. Honda. Hyundai Motor Group, we just talked about them. They own Genesis, Hyundai, and? Is it a, 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 um, Electra, Elantra, what? Kia. Kia, okay. Yeah, so the Kia is usually kind of the sportier versions of the Hyundais, but it's, you know, it's a separate you, you company. You really need a scorecard for I, this. That's why yeah. they do this, right, and that's yeah, why it's ahead. interesting. Mazda owns. Well, Mazda. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi, Alliance. That's a mouthful. They own Infiniti, Mitsubishi, and Nissan, okay. <laughs> which is pretty straightforward, too. Uh, Subaru Corporation owns. Well, obviously Subaru. Subaru. And they used to be known as Fuji Heavy Industries until 2017. Then they became Subaru Corporation. Okay. Uh, Tata Motors owns. Will I know this? You should. Tata. Tata. Indian company. Um, I can't think of any. Indian Jaguar. Cars. They own Jaguar? And Land Rover. Really? Yeah. 
Did yeah. not know that. Yeah, they've owned they've owned uh, Jaguar and Land Rover for a I thought number Land of Rover years. owned Jaguar, but now I'm finding out it's top Ford one. used to own Jaguar, Land Rover, and Volvo way back. Yeah, when my Aston Martin was, and they owned Aston Martin too way back, and when I bought mine, and then you know Tata bought uh, Jaguar and Land Rover quite a while back. Huh? Yeah, Tesla owns Tesla. Tesla. Yeah, Toyota Motor Corp owns. Uh, Toyota, and then um, what's their upgrade? Uh, Lexus. Lexus, yeah. And it has a stake, they say, in Subaru and Suzuki, which mm. I didn't know. Volkswagen Group. Now, this one's another one that's that's interesting because it gets really long, especially the models, or the brands they don't sell you. Bugatti, you're right. That's Bentley. good. A lot of people would forget about that Bentley, correct? And then Volkswagen. Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, and then the brands we don't... I never would have guessed Lamborghini. And, and the brands we don't see here... And I didn't know this. They own Scania AB, which is the truck division that used to be Saab Scania. Mm. So they own the truck division. They own Ducati, really? which is the motorcycle maker. And they also own Skoda, which used to be a Czech, is a Czech brand. And they also own Seat, which is a Spanish brand. Wow. And Skodas and Seats, you know, 40 years ago, they were pretty crummy cars, but mm-hmm. they're awesome cars now. They really are. So, yeah, Volkswagen owns everything. Then Zhejiang Geely Holding Group, otherwise abbreviated as ZGH, owns Volvo, Lotus, and Polestar. And Polestar is Volvo's performance I completely division. completely lost yeah. on that. And then and the ones I added here, only one more that I added is Aston Martin. They're independent, barely hanging on, but they are a public company. And then Ferrari wasn't on this list either, but Ferrari was part of... FCA for a while, yeah, but they're public now, so I don't know if they're considered. I thought they only uh, brought part of the company public, so I wasn't quite sure how that how that played out. But Ferrari was one that was on the list in Aston Martin because they sell here, but they don't sell in great volume. Um, so it's interesting just to know who owns what, and this has changed so many times over the years, and I think that's why they keep printing this every few months just so people can keep track of everything. But um, obviously, it seems like the uh, continued um, thing, the way things are going is a more consolidation. I mean, Fiat Chrysler, they've been shopping around to merge with somebody for a long time. They tried to merge with, talked about wanting to merge with GM sometime last year. That never obviously happened. Who knows what's going to happen with Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi with the whole Carlos Ghosn thing. Um, VW Group, they own almost everything, and, and they just made an offer, too, uh, a while back. I don't know what's going to happen with it. They wanted to buy Navistar, mm. which is International Harvester's yeah. truck division. So um, who knows? But it's it's a constantly changing uh, landscape. And the ones that really watch are the ones like Lotus, Aston Martin, because Lotus is just like Aston Martin. They're always just, like, teetering on the verge of extinction because they just don't have the money and now that they're owned by this japanese holding group or chinese holding group who knows what might happen but i just wanted to uh get us up to speed on who owns what in the automotive world and kind of going along with that was interesting yeah some of the um early uh asian imports that we were talking about again we're at the point of the program where we want to talk about uh, cars that were recently bought or sold online. This one, again, comes from Bring a Trailer. I mark this one, Lou, as a well-sold vehicle. This one kind of surprised me. Um, I probably wouldn't even remember this car because it was very forgettable. The 1971 Dodge Colt. Do you remember was, the Colt? It was a little car, wasn't it? Yeah, a little car. It was a Mitsubishi, basically. Yeah. It was rebadged as a, as a Dodge, brought in from Japan. Another zero to seven. Oh, yeah. Another, seconds. yeah, tiny little four-cylinder engine. Yeah. Uh, build quality of questionable, you know. Evaporated in three summers. Yeah, exactly. Very rust-prone. This one was not perfect at all. It was bright yellow. You could see some rust blistering or paint blistering or something on some of the fenders. It came out of Oregon, 60,000 miles shown on the odometer. Again, correct mileage or not, who knows. 1.6 liter inline four made into a three-speed automatic. So that's not going to be setting any records as far as the, the drag strip is concerned. It had a black vinyl top, a little two-door coupe. Uh, but this thing well sold. I don't know who paid up for this, but $8,000 for this wow. thing, which surprises me because it's not in perfect condition. If it was an absolutely mint condition with no no paint bubbling or anything like that, I could see maybe five for it, but eight in the condition that it was because I don't know what's lurking underneath those the paint bubbling that, that I saw on online. So it's a, it's a tidy little car, but and you never see them. I mean, there can't be that many left. No. I mean, it's a, a little... Yeah. You know, four headlights, which is 
neat for a little yeah, car like, like that. The vinyl like top a, looks like a Toyota. Yeah, it looks like sign. a Toyota Corolla exactly. Uh, but this was the 1971 Dodge Colt sold recently on Bring a Trailer for eight thousand dollars. So, congratulations to that seller for a car well sold. If you like the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, that's what we're doing right now. Be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits podcast network like the program free kicks it's an opi show rick kemper and adam howarth the director of coaching for the illinois youth soccer association discuss all the latest international national and local soccer news free kicks is the name of that podcast it is an opi show it's available on the radio misfits podcast network all you have to do to find that podcast and more just go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts to search for radio misfits and you'll find podcasts like us the car guys report informed automotive i'm mark vernon along with uh, lou costable and lou's kind of making faces already he's looking at me with his headphones on going oh yeah we're gonna do part two of the automotive turkeys which i really didn't and, agree with and, and and there's 20 cars on the list yeah let's read the first 10 just re- re- recapping people yeah and by the way I only think there's probably three cars that are actually turkeys on this list. The Pontiac Aztec. That's one. The third-generation Ford Taurus. The Chevy Corvair. The Jaguar X-Type. The Ferrari 400i. The VW Rutan. The Mercedes-Benz C230 hatchback. The Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Prowler. The Chevy SSR. And the Yugo. Those were the uh, cars that we talked about on this list. It came from Auto NXT. And uh, Lou already guessed what one of the cars was on part two of this list, the Ford Pinto. And my comment about the Ford Pinto, and I will say it uh, in conjunction with the Vega, which was for some reason not on this list, you know, those are, were very entry-level, compact, subcompact cars, that, that, and they're one of the earliest versions of those cars that, that GM brought to, ma- to market in the uh, early 70s. And they were both known for not being the best cars out there, reliability-wise, design-wise, things like that. But I will say that both the Vega, I think, and the Ford Pinto, when you look at them now, I think they've aged pretty well. They're, they're pretty good-looking cars. The, you, know, might the, you might think, he thinks a Pinto is a good-looking car? No, Take I'll, a look I'll, at I'll, it. it looks, I'll, I'll agree with you. It looks good. I, I've said this before, that cars have an amazing way of looking better with age. Yeah. There are few exceptions. And we've named a few of them. The Aztec does not look better with no, age. No, that just hasn't ever. And the Yugo does not look better with age. Um, that's why I disagree with the first part of the list, because the SSR, which is the pickup, is super cool. The Prowler is super cool. Granted, the Prowler had problems with acceleration. Uh, that was their biggest downfall. Well, and practicality, too. But again, if you buy a Prowler... You're, not, you're buying not buying it for practicality. practicality. It's not going to be your only no, car. No, it's a show, show, yeah. show-off car, yeah. which is, it, that's what it does. Yeah. It does that great. Okay, so let's go to this list. We got the Pinto. Okay, there's, yeah, I said Pinto. Pinto, we they added the Vega on our own. They did not have Chevette either. No, and, and the Chevette, it was also marketed as the Pontiac T-1000, mm-hmm. which was the Chevette. And they made the Chevette in both a two-door and a four-door version. Basically a modernized, almost Vega or Pinto type car, e- you know, late worse. 70s, early 80s. The, the yeah. Chevette and an uphill with four people in it would, Super not go, slow. Yeah. would not go uphill. Yeah. You had a better chance of having a radio flyer. <laughs> Go uphill. Go uphill. <laughs> With one foot out and just pushing it like a skateboard. So those are those are two that we've added on the list. Um, All right. So actual on the list. Frustrated with this list already. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, here's Pinto's a car. Here's one. a car that we talked about um, in a couple episodes ago. The weird cars that we couldn't believe actually made it into production, and this justifiably fits on the automotive turkey list. The Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet, that weird <laughs> two-door convertible SUV, really bathtub high, uh, very high-silled car. The one that I said I saw it in a, when it came out, I, it was in the April edition of like Car and Driver, and they had a full-page ad, and I honestly thought that Nissan was playing a, a April Fool's joke on the readership because I'm like, you can't be serious. You're bringing this thing out. So that that's on the list. The smart car. Yes, I agree with that. I just yeah. think it's dumb. Um, the Honda Cross Tour. Do you remember <laughs> remember the, what a Cross Tour is? I love that you go, the smart was clearly dumb. Yeah. 
Go ahead. The Honda Cross Tour. We've talked about a Cross Tour here and there before. That's the, uh, it it, it kind of looked like a wagon. It kind of looked like an SUV. Precisely. I said I couldn't decide what it wanted to be because it looked like a high wagon or it looked like an SUV or it looked kind of like a, almost like a minivan. It I just, actually drove one of those. They probably drive great. They weren't. Really? Yeah, you couldn't see out the back of them. You're, okay. You, the the vision, uh, the visibility probably has a blind spot on. Oh, the, definitely. On the C pillar. When you think of Honda, you think great visibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, the CRVs have great visibility. The Civics are almost like three sixty yeah. views. And when I was in that, I was so disappointed. Huh? How about interior space? Did it have enough? Like in um, back? I mean, did it have actual cargo the back, capacity? Or the back actually felt like it was enclosing in on you because, because it, it's all it wasn't rounded yeah. and curved and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that made the list, and I wouldn't uh, disagree. And you hit the nail on the head when you said, like, yeah, it was kind of the what, the station wagon kind of, exactly. Couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Uh, They put the DeLorean DMC-12 on here. no, that is not an automotive turkey. I would say it's debatable. No. Performance-wise, it was never anything special. It had that uh, PRV uh, V6 in it, which was nothing special. Of course, it had the uh, The stainless steel body, the the gullwing doors. You know, it was one of the most expensive cars in its day. Yeah. And not that it necessarily performed to the point of being the most expensive car in the day. They clearly had some issues with putting them together. But obviously the people put their heart and soul into the thing, and it looked amazing. I mean, granted, it was probably twice the cost of a Corvette at the time. I can't remember what they went for. But I think it was like 25 I was going to say about 25 Yeah, that yeah. seems to bring a so, bell. But... You know, the gullwing doors, the unmistakable look, the back end. The, I mean, you can close your eyes and see a DeLorean. Yeah. You, can't, you, you don't want to close your eyes and see an Aztec. No. That'd be a nightmare, yeah, wouldn't that, it? Yeah, that's bad. So of the, course, this with... Is, uh, this is why the, 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 the automotive turkeys, you're getting the reaction. Point, counterpoint. I, I, could bar- I could, you know, barely figure out who owns what, but I'll tell you, I, I know what a, missed, what a turkey is, and this ain't it. Of course, on... Uh, Tesla's uh, upcoming Cybertruck will see the uh, reintroduction of stainless steel bodywork as yeah. the uh, DeLorean said, or DeLorean had. So we'll see what. Uh, although one thing they didn't have when the DeLorean was around is the ability to vinyl wrap a car, because that's an, actually an option. I think that Tesla is going to be offering with the Cybertruck. If you don't want the stainless steel, you can get a wrap on it mm. instead of paint. Because I have seen a couple of painted DeLoreans in my time, and they're not wrapped; they were painted, and that's you know, a number of years ago, and I don't know how they did that with the stainless steel, but uh, another car that questionable on this list, the 1982 Camaro base model with the four-cylinder engine. No. And I think they're just dissing that because it's a Camaro and they're putting a four-cylinder in it back then, no turbo, nothing like that. Uh, The Etzel, and I said high quality, wrong time, because it's been my impression that the Etzel aside from its ugly styling and its poor sales, it was just introduced at the wrong time. And I've always read that they were fairly high-quality cars, though. They were, they were assembled well, and, and, and they were pretty well-engineered. Yeah. It was just the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time, I think, with the Etzel. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those things that got a bad rap, and it just kept going. Yeah. And then uh, the final one on part two here, I think there was nine of them that we've talked about, the Chrysler Crossfire. Now, I would say no on that because basically that was the Mercedes-Benz SLK rebodied with a with a with kind of a sexy swoopy body on it and it came in both convertible and um coupe versions of it. Uh, the one to get for the the Crossfire is the SRT version because that's the same as the uh, SLK AMG. It was a supercharged V6 in that car. Who put this list together? Auto NXT. You asked that you send, <laughs> send your letters <laughs> to autonxt.com. And tell them Lou sent you. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell them what you think of having the Camaro, the Crossfire, and the DMC on their I list. I think the Crossfire, and, though. And not having the Chevette on their or list. Or the Vega. So, all right. Obvious question. Would you rather have a DMZ? Um, DeLorean or would you rather have or DMC DeLorean yeah. or would you rather have a Vega? Well, this, this is a no-brainer. You'd rather go with the DeLorean. I, said, I like Cosworth Vegas. I like Cosworth. Or a Yanko cool, Vega. <laughs> well, find, find a Yanko Vega. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there is one. I actually have one on the channel, but find one. Yeah. So. I, I think that 
uh, people just think DeLorean is very cool, especially because of Back to the Future and all that. You see a lot of these recreation or, or tribute cars made into the uh, flux with the flux capacitors and all that stuff at the car shows. They never really did anything for me. I'm sorry. I just... Okay. I can admire what he tried to do, what what DeLorean tried to do. I I thought the stainless steel was cool. And and the Crossfire. The Crossfire, I thought, is a pretty cool car. A lot of people like the way it looks. Great looking car with a little Mercedes six-cylinder engine in it. I mean, come on. They're dirt cheap. I mean, they're harder to find now, especially the SRT ones, but they're, they're dirt cheap. If you can find yeah. one in good shape, it's a lot of car for the money, and, it, yeah. and basically, remember, it's a, basically it's a Mercedes Benz chassis and drivetrain. Right, so it's not it's not functional, really. It's no two seater, long hood, yeah. long hood, two seater. But you know, is it an automotive turkey? I mean, they should have talked to me about this list. They should have. First of all, any SUV or any minivan could have been on this list versus a Crossfire. Yeah. Well, maybe they, they, they mix it up a little bit because... Would you rather have the Chrysler Crossfire or the Chrysler Pacifica? <laughs> yeah. mm. I'll take a Crossfire. Every day. Yeah, of course. No, right. I would never take a minivan. But. No. Uh, no, I, again, Not on it's the car like, guy's report. You know, they, they, they mix it up a little bit, and I don't know how they de- define these lists or anything, and that's why we like to talk about them here because we want to get the point counterpoint between what people think some people or some organizations might think is a turkey or a good car or whatever and we are either going to agree or agree to disagree i guess is the way to say it but that's the kind of stuff that uh, you'll hear here on the uh, car guys report and form automotive we got to take a quick break but we'll be back in just a minute on this week's minutia men celebrity interview we talked to amy landecker your husband is obviously very politically uh, active um, I, I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Let's go bother him now. Actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're waking up Bradley Woodford right now. I love it. Rick, this should be a new bit that we do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, he's in the shower. Oh, this is even better. Honey. Oh, and he's naked, so I definitely won't turn Oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to draw the line here. <laughs> Minutia Men. Celebrity Interview. An Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, yes, it's true. There's no football slash soccer being played, but that doesn't mean there's not stuff to watch. Isn't that right, Adam? You're absolutely right. We've got documentaries. I'm even going to give you my top five soccer movies of all time. Stay tuned. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of stuff to still do, and we'll, we'll go through a bunch of it. Uh, you have to check out Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. It's a opi show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. And Lou, I know you've been looking forward to this one because you're the big Batmobile fan. You've got kind of this, this I've never grown up childish streak in your in your uh, persona, so to speak. This was a article that uh, I saw in the uh, Chicago Tribune, uh, courtesy of the Detroit Free Press. What they did was, um, let me. The survey is courtesy of a uh, UK uh, address. It's clickforreg.co.uk. It's a company that does a thriving business reselling vanity plates in the UK, where license plates can be transferred with or without a vehicle from one owner to another. Boy, try that here. Uh, site surveyed 2,424 Americans aged 18 and older about their favorite cartoon vehicles. The top 10 should bring a smile to anybody who likes cars, cartoons, video games, or comic books or movies that inspired animated spin-offs. How many cars do we have? There is a 10 on this list. All right, so well, let's let's play the game. Should I go from 10 to 1? No, I'll, I'll, I'll guess and you can tell okay. me if they're on there if they're on there. Some I I, I, I don't think you're going to guess cuz some of these I don't even know. I some of them don't don't mean anything okay, to me. Okay. Okay. Well, let me try. Sure. How about the Jetsons mobile? That's the number 1 car. Look at that. Yeah. See the that? flying car, the Jetsons was the number 1 spot in the survey of favorite cartoon rides. Lose 7-year-old mentality. Yes. <laughs> Shows right off the bat. All right, so the Jetsons was number one. Who doesn't want a flying cool car? Exactly. With rash travel. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we got that one. Um, can we call the Flintstone Mobile? That's on here. Yeah, the Flintmobile. Right. Flintmobile. That was number eight on the list. Flintstones Mobile. 
Because, I mean, when you just, you know, stick your feet out the mm-hmm. bottom to break, I yep. mean, that's awesome. Just use your feet to go faster. Um, cartoon rides. Oh, it's got to be uh, the Mach 5. Uh, that's not on here. What would that be? That From... would be Speed Racer. Well, car? you know, that's the thing. That's what I wrote down. It's not on the list, but Speed Racer would have totally been my... I mean, Speed Racer yeah, his was car as is, cool as His car is awesome, yeah. I yeah, always... e- even Racer X's car. Yeah, I didn't know what it was called, because uh, I, uh, I did watch Speed Racer. I couldn't remember the name of his car, but I wrote that down, that Mach Speed Racer should have been on the list. Speed Racer, and then yeah. his, his, his brother that he doesn't know is his brother, Racer X, is driving the Shooting Star. Okay. That's what that one is. Okay, yeah. I agree with you that okay. that, that was not on the list, so... Okay, well, all of a sudden, my list is going to get tainted. Yeah. Um, they don't have the Batmobile on there, do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. Number the four. All right. That says Batmobile, and then it says in parentheses, Super Friends. Was that part of the, was that like the cartoon part? Because well, the comic I, book I, originally I, was Bat, yeah, I, Batman. I mean, you know, when you think Batmobile, you think 66. So Super Friends was the cartoon version, I guess. Uh, yeah, of that's Bat, what I was saying. Batman. They probably stuck a Batmobile. Yeah, Batmobile was four. Um,. Let's see. There's some you're not going to get. Okay, because, go ahead. I'll let you roll. Uh, well, this one is pretty obvious. Number two was the Scooby-Doo mystery machine, oh, okay. the van. The mystery van. Yeah. And that one I remember. This one I, I don't really remember. The mean machine from Wacky Races. Okay. Uh, four was Batmobile. I do remember this from The Simpsons, and I'm surprised it actually um, made the list. This is the Homer there was an episode where Homer designed his own car. <laughs> it was like some <laughs> abomination of, of a vehicle. I, I don't remember all the details, but okay. that was number five. Number six, and this is another one I don't really know because I didn't really know Inspector Gadget, the Gadget Mobile. Okay. Uh, seven was Lightning McQueen from the Cars oh, movies. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ka-chow. And they could have had like uh, Terminator too, right? Because he's a... The tow truck. Oh well, you, once you get to but once you get to the movie cars, you could say Dad everything. Hudson, yeah, you could say everything. Sure. The Flintmobile was number eight. Bumblebee from the Transformers was number nine. Now, see, they're saying, well, okay, maybe they made a cartoon of that. Go ahead. And number ten was Ecto One from the real Ghostbusters. Would that have been the uh, the I, ambulance? Well, the Ecto One's the ambulance. Yeah. Okay. But but yet that's you know you don't think of that as a cartoon. Car. Again, well. The real Ghostbusters must have been the cartoon. Okay, all right, the real Ghostbusters. So you were showing our age here, Lou, because we're a bunch of old fogies, and we're like, what? what? You yeah, know, yeah. I remember Jetsons, I remember Speed Racer, which should have been on the list. I remember Scooby-Doo, I remember Batmobile, of course, and the Homer. So I, I remember about five of them, well, you, and Flintmobile. You, you, so. you can't put Gadget on the list and not have Speed Racer. I mean, yeah. Speed Racer is just... That's that's the car. I mean, it is a cool car. Has yeah. anyone ever made an actual Speed Racer vehicle? Uh, there have been some, um, I can remember going to the auto show in Chicago and somebody took a Corvette and plopped and a made one. Yeah. If you go to Volo Auto Museum, here's a little plug. Do they have one? Volo Auto Museum, I believe has a Mach 5 there as okay, well. Okay. They do. That, I don't remember that, seeing it when I was Corvette, up there last year, but Corvette build. Yeah. Um, I recall seeing that up there too. That's pretty cool. Okay, cool. So I, I just thought we'd have a little fun with that because I know that they you're also, a, they you're also a big have cartoon an guy. One and they have a Batmobile up there. Okay, see, so there you go. they got yeah. one third of the list, and they have a Flint, Flintstone mobile up there. <laughs> they do they? I guess they do. I can't remember that. Yeah, one. they've got they've got some stuff. They okay. also have. Okay, here's another one that. Well, since we're talking cartoon kind of cars, <laughs> you remember the Red Baron? Um, the the model, the red yeah, 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 monogram, yeah. Mm-hmm. which sure, is, yeah, which is a big yep German helmet yeah. with a spike sticking uh-huh. out. The yeah, they got one of those. It, yeah, yeah, they yeah. got one of those up there. Yeah, okay, cool. And then yeah, none, none of the Herman Munster stuff, but that, again, oh, yeah, that they a have car- that. Oh no, but I'm just saying cartoons. I guess they never made a Munster's cartoon because this is so. What was see what, this list was, is, what is was, cartoon? What was only. Grandpa's car called? From the monsters. I think I remember the coffin thing. Was the he coffin the coffin? Thing. Yeah. What was it called? I can't remember. Dragula. Okay, that's it. That's a cool looking car. That is a cool looking yeah. car. Yeah. Wow. So you turn Lou onto this cartoon fantasy stuff. And by and the way, never ends. our executive producer Tony Lasano <laughs> would love this episode of that little section right there. So there you go, Tony. That one was for you, but. Um, yeah, we just had a little fun with those fantasy cartoon rides. If you like what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report, and I hope that you do because you're listening to us, make sure that you subscribe to us as well. You'll get an automatic uh, push notification every time there's new uh, content, which is uh, once a week. And you can also take a few moments to rate us on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. We've got some nice five-star reviews, and we'd like to get a few more. Just head on over to Apple Podcasts. You can also catch us on Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also just go to Opie Show. Dot com, Radio Misfits Podcast Network, or you can just Google our uh, 
title of our podcast, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, and it'll pop right up there on the search engine. And just remember that when you're listening to any podcast from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, it's podcasting and listening on your own terms whether you've got a mobile device like a phone maybe you've got a tablet a laptop a desktop an ipod whatever you've got you can listen to us whenever you want it's listening on your own terms you can fast forward rewind replay go back and re-listen to previously listened to episodes whatever you want it's totally up to you and it's totally free that's what the radio misfits podcast network is all about and that's where we are the car guys report informed automotive I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and we're at the, um, I almost called you Speed Racer there, Lou. We're at the, uh, we're at the. That's reserved for my wife, actually. Yeah, we're at the point in the program here where we're going to play the My Car Story guessing game. Lou's got his popular YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou. Thousands of car videos on there, and Lou always presents three car videos that he's featured, and I have to try to guess which one had the most views, and just to remember uh, that I have no idea what he's going to throw out at me. So that's the thing. I've, it's, we're going into this blind, and Lou's got the key on the other side of the uh, table here, which is blocked by my copy stand, so I can't see a thing. So, uh, yeah, I usually call it Speed Racer when, when dinner hits the table. It's, you know, I could usually shovel it down. So anyway, back to the topic. So I'm going to talk about three cars that I videoed. Um, go to My Car Story with Lou. Uh, at uh, YouTube, and you can pull me up my space car, space story, space with Lou. There's over 1,400 cars on the channel. I think you'll really enjoy it. So this is just randomly me taking three cars. Mark could video the same three cars. Jay Leno could video the same three cars. You can get totally different results, but on the channel, here's what we've got. So one is going to be a clear winner, by the way. Last time it was within 300 of each other. very small. So this is done, and I give it a week, a couple of weeks, and then we we see how many views they have, and then we bring it to the the channel that we're on right now to figure it out. So in the oldest first, we have a 1966 Ford Fairlane 500 XL in amber glow with a 289 engine. Hmm. The next one is a 67 Buick Skylark GS340 in correct white and red with engine sound. Why would it be a 340? A 340. That's, Cor- yes. That's weird. Not the GS400 yeah. that you're thinking. Or, or a 350. I the, mean, I, The not so often seen GS340. Huh, okay. Yeah. And uh, in 67, there was they, they came in two colors. There was like a, uh, uh, a silver and a red and a white and a red. Okay. Those are the only two colors they came in. And uh, the last one is the 69 Dodge Charger Daytona in white with the 440 engine. So we've got the 66 Ford Fairlane 500 XL in amber glow, which is kind of like a a bronze Bronze, Okay, I was going to ask you what that was. And then the 67 Buick Skylark GS340 in white and red, uh, which are the correct colors for that car. All of these cars are stock. Is the Fairlane, is that a manual? Uh, the Fairlane, I think, was an automatic. It was an automatic, But, but okay. I, I don't know to answer okay. your question. Okay. Hmm, that's tough because they're all pretty much, they're, they're so close to uh, each other year-wise, so there's not a lot of difference between the way they actually look as far as, you know, none of them have, like, huge bumpers on them or things like, or, you know, fins or things like well, that. Well, the Daytona has a big wing on the back. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. Because um, it's not just a Dodge Daytona. Or it's Dodge not a Charger. Super B, though. It, it's it's a Dodge Charger Daytona. Okay. So that's the so that has the, big, w- the big wing on the back and the pointed nose. It does have the pointed nose. It does. Okay. But I don't want that to skew your Yeah, skew but your the thing is, though, I mean, you want to say that that one's going to do well just because of the way it looks, but I thought we had another one of those on one of the quizzes once, and it didn't do well. So I'm going to be, again, I'll probably get them all backwards this time, but I'll go with the Buick first. Then I'll go with the Daytona second and the Fairlane third. Okay. Well, the, <laughs> Probably well, the, not The right number one anyway. winner was the number three choice in yours. It was the Ford Fairlane really? 500 XL with 10,599 Oh, now you tell views. me. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say 10,000 miles on 10, it. 10,599 okay. wow. views. And in second, with 3,261 views, you were correct. Number two was the Dodge it was the uh, Daytona. The Daytona. Interesting. Okay. And number three was the Buick Skylark 340 with 2,502 views. Huh. 
Why do you think the Fairlane did so well? The color? Uh, you know, I think when you're when you're talking about uh, uh, a car that people remember, they probably remember driving a Fairlane because it was, so to speak, kind of bottom of the list. Yeah. But yet it was the XL 500 yeah. version. So it. But with the 289 though, didn't they put a bigger? They put a 427 in that at some point, didn't they? they? Yeah, they did have bigger motors yeah. in there too. But I think it was just the simplicity of the car, let alone the fact that this one was. You know, all three of these cars look great. So. It can't be just that one looks better than the other. Yeah. But to your point, I don't think a lot of people really connected with Skylark GS340s yeah. in their lifetime. So, And then the Daytona, to your point, I thought was the one you were going to choose number one because when you put a big wing on the back of some car, it does look like a cartoon car. Yeah. And uh, that would have made it interesting. But, yeah, here's the point. You just never know. When you throw something on the channel, and I'll use, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but there's there's one that'll be coming up that you wouldn't think would be the winner by far okay. in and this selection. And uh, it just totally, it's bl- changing my opinion wow. about videoing these cars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can't wait to find out what that one is. And just in case. Stay tuned. Uh, you don't know about Lou's channel, head on over to YouTube and uh, search for my car story with lou and you'll be uh, connected with his youtube channel and all those great videos and all those great cars that we talk about here on the car guys report informed automotive coming up on the next episode of the car guys report it's that conundrum it's a corvette for sale with super low miles so what do you do do you drive it do you store it do you look at it we'll discuss the what the potential buyer could do with a car like that. That uh, story and more on the next episode of the Car Guys Report. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Luke Hostable. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, tune in and listen to us, and certainly glad to have you along for the ride. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo, spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Dying while voting in Wisconsin. Germans who don't follow orders. Matt Robertson and oral sex. <laughs> My brush with Curly Neal of the Harlem Globetrotters. And our interview with comedian, speaker, Playwright Tim Clue. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. <clears throat> A lot of anchors do that. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, it's a thing. <clears throat> Are you ready? Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Let's do it again. What? That wasn't good. No, we messed it all up. What's wrong? What? How? It was going good, and then it went south. No, it didn't. Well, if that went south, see what happens now. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, would you buy a 1994 Corvette with only 641 miles on it? Plus, rumors of their death have been greatly exaggerated. We're talking about sedans. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>